Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. In an attempt to try to show their superior position on the matter, they began to build elaborate tombs in honor of those prophets who had died many hundreds of years earlier. In fact, not only did they build elaborate tombs, but they went about making elaborate decorations of them. And in this way, trying to right the wrong of the past, they saw themselves as superior to their ancestors. And they saw themselves, because they were superior in their own minds, as being in a much better place to please God and to be blessed by him because of it. However, in this denunciation of this whole matter, Jesus gives them a different perspective. He gives them a divine perspective. Jesus informs them in his words that not only were they no better than their ancestors, but catch this, they were markedly worse in their hearts. And, and, and that God recognized this and that in fact, God was actually storing up all the wrath about how Israel had treated the prophets. He had been storing it all up to unleash on the generation that Jesus was ministering to. Can you imagine? If you didn't like the message of the prophets back then, you surely ain't going to like the message that Jesus is bringing right now. And Jesus takes them on this little journey. He takes them back to the beginning of time. He takes them back literally to the second recorded son of Adam, Abel. And he counts him as a prophet. And he goes all the way then to Zechariah the prophet who was murdered. And we ask, well, who is Zechariah? Well, he's the actual Zechariah who wrote the, the, the prophetic book in the Old Testament called Zechariah. And not only does Jesus talk about Abel and Zechariah, but he infers that it includes all of the other prophets in between who had been misused and abused uh, by the people. And then he lays all of this at the feet of those who were standing before him, of those who thought of themselves as superior to their forefathers, but in fact were far worse and they demonstrated that they were far worse in that they did not ultimately reject a prophet sent by God. But in just about six months, they would ultimately reject and crucify the Son of God. Oh, they were far worse, and God's judgment was coming. Their superiority was not real. It was pretend. It was feigned superiority we come now to verse 52 and the final woe that jesus pronounces against the lawyers and this one i've titled concealers of spiritual truth they were concealing hiding keeping under wraps the spiritual truth that the people needed to be in right standing with God. And perhaps this really is the most stinging indictment of all. I mean, Jesus is saying of these religious leaders that they had become roadblocks to the spiritual truth that the people needed. 
And the shame in this is that more than anyone else, these experts of the Mosaic law, they had the best possible position from which to understand the character and nature of the promised Messiah so that when he showed up, they would recognize him and then they would willingly point the people to him and encourage them to follow him. Yet, the truth is kind of stranger than fiction. When the Messiah did come and he stood before them, and he taught them with his words, and he performed divine miracles in their presence, their ignorance and their arrogance concealed the truth that those things brought forth. And instead of pointing the people to the Messiah, they actually led the people to reject the Messiah. Uh, The modern-day term that probably describes this best best is that this was one big hot mess. Well, we find in this passage six woes, six judgments, six living disasters that were laid at the feet of the Pharisees and the lawyers, leaders whose job it was to shepherd the people to follow the Messiah. Their focus was on secondary issues. They lusted for recognition and praise from the people. Their ministry fostered destructive influences. They loaded the people with legalistic burdens. They saw themselves as superior to their ancestors, and they concealed life-giving truth from the people. Now, given who Jesus is and the position that the, that the Pharisees and the lawyers had taken, is it any wonder that they were at deadly odds with one another. Now there's one word that I believe sums up all of this to, and describes the religious leader, leadership of Israel in that day. And that word is religionist. Religionist. The spiritual leaders of Israel had become religionist. Now you say, Pastor Mike, what is a religionist. Well, I'm going to give you the official definition right out of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. A religionist is one addicted to and or zealous for a religion. That's what a, re- that's what a religionist is. Someone who is addicted to and or zealous for a religion. Just so that we make sure we understand, let's define religion. What is a religion? It is a particular system of faith and worship. Now when we bring all this down to the religious leaders of Israel, we find that in every definable way, the leaders of Israel had sold their soul to a system. I want you to hear me now. They had sold their soul to a system. They had sold their soul to a religion rather than to God whom that that religious system was supposed to represent. And that was their problem. But let's fast forward to 2020. Religionists still exist today. And they come in many different stripes. You can find religionists in every movement, in every religion. You'll find them among the Baptists. You'll find them among the Presbyterian, among the Methodists. You'll find them in the Catholic Church, in the Charismatic Church, in, in, in the Buddhist movement, in uh, Islam, among the Muslims. And we can go on and on and on. 
Because a religionist is someone who is sold out to a system. And all of these systems can become, well, most of all of them become idols except the ones that are biblically based. And even those, if we do not understand them, can become idols in our life. Well, that brings me then to this final point today, and that is, how can we avoid uh, being a religionist? I mean, we see how, what Jesus thought of them, and we don't want him thinking of us that way. Uh, so how do we avoid following in their footsteps? Well, number one, I believe that we can avoid being a religionist by simply beginning with responding properly to the call of God to repent of sin and to place full faith and trust in Jesus Christ, his son. Now, listen, here at the Mission Church, you hear that all the time. And so you go, yeah, 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 I hear that. I've heard that last week and the week before and the week before. But I can't overstress it. That when it comes to true biblical faith, it all begins and it all ends with Jesus. It's not about a system. It's not about a group of laws and rules. It's not about what you can't do. It's all about a relationship with the Son of God, who is the Messiah, who gave his life on the cross, who rose from the dead to set us free from systems so that we could walk with him and know him, and experience his spirit enabling us to live the life that he saves us to live. And you know what? If, we, if we're beginning at any other point, then we're, we're off track, and we're heading right toward being a religionist if we're associating ourselves with some religion. So we have to come to that understanding. It all begins, it all ends, and everything in between is about Jesus. And given that point... Then secondly, we need to pursue Jesus rather than a faith system. We need to pursue Jesus rather than a faith system. You know, religion is all about a system of belief with rules and regulations. Now, I'm not telling you that there are no rules or regulations or ways in which we are taught to walk, but what I am saying is this, is that Christians, biblical Christians are not called to a religion. We're called to a relationship. And we're called to a relationship with a living Savior and Lord. And he carries us beyond rules and regulations into a world of grace, into a world of empowerment by his Spirit to be transformed and to walk with him in obedience and faith. And that brings me to the third point of how we can avoid becoming a religionist, and that is by being a student of God's Word. You see, everything that you need to pursue a relationship with Jesus is found in God's Word. And I'm here today to tell you that God's Spirit makes Himself available to help with the grace that we need to understand that Word and then to live it out to live out that divine revelation that we find there. And that brings me then to truth point number two. There are only two today, so you know we're coming close to the end. Truth point number two communicates this. Neither God's Spirit nor His Word will lead you into a system that promotes outward reform as a way to please God. 
Instead, both God's Spirit and His Word will lead us into an inward spiritual birth and into a continual transformation that is accomplished by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as you soak that in this morning, I pause to ask you, can we talk about that? Now, there are many of you who are listening, and you don't need to talk with me about it per se, because you've experienced it, you've grown in it, you're able to actually teach others about it. But I'm confident that there are people who are listening right now, and you're not that confident about all of this. Perhaps you've been chasing a religion instead of a relationship with Jesus. And we need to talk about that. Perhaps you've never even come to the point of chasing religion or Jesus. You're just living life apart from all of that. And we definitely, definitely need to talk. Because I need to share with you. Someone needs to share the love of God that is provided through Jesus Christ. The release from the guilt of sin and the ultimate punishment of it through the sacrificial work and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Someone needs to share that with you and help you to understand it. So, can we talk? This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.